listening to me. Okay, once again. <laughs> and to be given this opportunity to be able to uh, preach to you all once again. And uh, for tonight, uh, I wanted to go for a more a simple theme or a more simple uh, topic because I guess it's, it's nearing the end of the day. And um, you guys might feel tired, especially our youth. They were running around, spinning around, getting busy, fighting each other. You know. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Um, this will just be, I guess, an easy issue, spiritual, um, Yeah, uh, we'll have, um, this, is, this, this isn't really anything new to us, but it'll act as a, um, a small reminder of how we should be living our Christian lives. And the theme for tonight, topic, theme, uh, whatever you want to call it, is uh, bringing all you have to Jesus Christ. Um, so that's our theme and topic, bringing all you have to Jesus Christ. But I'll be um, using the story of Jesus Christ and him feeding the, the 5,000. So I'm sure it's a story that you guys are um, familiar with already. You guys have probably heard this um, many times. You know, the, the young boy, the young lad, you know, he offered up his how many loaves? Five barley loaves and how many fishes? Two. Two fishes. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, the young man offered these loaves and fishes. Um, you know, the disciples here, they wanted the, the multitude to, you know, go away, to um, disperse, and to be dismissed. But then, you know, if, um, Jesus tells them all to stay, and you know, he turns those five barley loaves and those two fishes, and he multiplies them and feeds the whole 5,000, even then, to spare. So, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, a lot of you guys are already familiar with this um, story, but I do believe that, you know, when I read on that um, scripture again, that uh, there's a lot to unpack and there's still a few things that you can learn about it today regarding that story. Amen. Once again, you know that theme, I'll say once again, if you're writing notes, bringing all you have to Jesus. And uh, sometimes uh, that sentence there can be uh, a bit scary, or you don't really want to do that. You know, I don't want to give everything away, you know, um, sometimes you might just want to, you know, only give a little, or, you know, you want to keep what you have, you like what you have, and to uh, keep it to yourself, you know, Lord, you can have this, but I will keep some of this, you know, Lord, I will give this amount of time for you, I will give you these certain days of my week, but the other days, these other time slots, Lord, can I have that for myself, can I have that for my relaxation, and I have that for my downtime. Um, you know, we like to, some, we don't normally think like that, you know, or another, you know, Lord, I'll let you use this asset of mine, whatever thing I own, but, you know, I want that back um, soon. You know, we sometimes, you know, we unknowingly, you know, we're acting like this uh, when we're dealing with God. But before I continue any further, uh, we are going to reread the story of the healing of the 5,000, but before that, before we start, let's all bow our heads and pray. Father God, Lord, um, thank you for today. Thank you for this um, night that you've given us, Lord, and thank you for all of the services that we've had today, in the morning, and afternoon, and especially over the youth program, Lord. And Lord, I pray now, um, the evening service here, Lord, I pray that you um, give us energy to listen to your words, Lord. I pray that you put, on, you put only your words in my mouth, in my mouth, Lord, and I don't speak my own, Lord. I pray that you Please do us all, give us your wisdom in Jesus' name. Right, amen. So, uh, let's reread the story here. So, if we can all turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. And uh, we'll read uh, verse number 15, all the way up to verse 21. Matthew chapter 14, verses 15 to 21. The story actually pops up in the Bible many times, but we're just going to read it in here. <coughs> Matthew 14, 15 to 21. Actually, let's all rise and let's all uh, read responsibly. Uh, yeah. So I'll read verse number 15. I'll just read the restart. I'll read verse number 15. You guys read 16 and read responsibly until the end. And let's all read the last verse together. 
Matthew 14, verse 15. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and break, and gave the loaves to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. Together, and they
And the two fishes, of course they would think that it was inadequate, or you know, this isn't enough for 5,000 people. Um, they thought that it was insufficient for the purpose, you know. This is useless, we only have five levels and two fishes. You know, I'm sure, uh, you know, they're probably thinking, you know, how do, how do we divide five loaves with 5,000 people? How do we divide two uh, fishes with 5,000 people? Maybe they were doing math, you know, oh, we have five loaves and there's 5,000 people, that means one loaf for every 1,000 people. So everyone gets, you know, one 1,000th of a piece of bread. You know, that, that's definitely what they were thinking. Or, you know, with, also with the fish, we have two fishes. Oh, how do we, you know, we can divide this with 5,000 people. You know, uh, what's the math there? Um, divide uh, one in 2,500 of a fish everyone gets. That's Jesus. Of course they would think that, you know, the, uh, whatever the boy gave was just insignificant. So, um, yeah, so in um, John 6, 9, which is actually just the same story, but just continuing in another... Um, in another um, passage, says here, there is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? So I wanted to focus on that last line there, but what are they among so many? Now, if that lad, if that little boy had heard whatever those disciples were saying, you know, of course, I'm sure that that young little boy, but if he would have felt sad about it, you know, he would have felt discouraged um, about it. You know, here I am, giving everything I have, you know, yes, it might not be much, but this is everything I have, is I am giving my all, but these other people, they say that it's Jesus, or, you know, they say that it's insufficient. I'm sure if that little boy heard that, he would have definitely, um, have been discouraged there, and um, sometimes, like those disciples, you know, we have um, their thinking in which they uh, get, or we get, discouraged fast, or uh, you might think that you yourself is, or whatever you may have, is inadequate, you know, like those five barley loaves and two small fishes, inadequate to accomplish anything, you know, um, the thoughts, how can I, how can myself be any use um, to uh, God, I only have this small thing, God can use me, I'm, you know, I'm not sociable, I'm just an average person, I'm just average Adrian, you know, God can use me, that sometimes um, the thoughts you know linger, and especially with um, the younger people here. I know when I was you know, uh, very young, uh, we were really conditioned to think all of us leave everything to the parents. Uh, I guess leave everything to the older ones, leave everything to those that are more mature, because I am just small, and I should just stay in my lane, and I should let them do everything. I definitely thought of that in the past. Um, but, you know, as we, as we read, that little boy, um, that little lad, you know, he was used to glorify and he was used to feed the uh, 5,000 people. So, um, yes, he, he did us just because he brought his all to Jesus Christ. So, all ages or all personalities, um, all of us here, um, wherever you may be sitting right now, everyone can be used to glorify God for ourselves as long as we bring our all. To him, man, a recent example, or a good example that I like to think of is, if you guys see where Nehemiah is sitting right now, for those of you that don't know or that haven't noticed, Nehemiah has been helping out in the IT side of things in the church. Nehemiah has been, um, you know, he's been helping with the technology from there. <laughs> but yeah, he's become myself, he's become Matthews and Tim's, he's become our little helper um, around that side of things. And you know, sometimes he'll be doing the song slides for me, you know, and even kind of knows how to do the, the B-sword on the Bible that you can see up there. You know, I even see him, he's, you know, he's tinkling around with the sliders and switches in the microphone, and, and yeah, and the switches in the microphone system. So, someone as young as Nehemiah, he's eight years old, I believe, I'm pretty sure he's eight. But, you know, um, yeah, he's doing his best even though he's young, and helping out in the church. And another thing that I also um, observed and another thing I like is Matthew and Timothy here, you know, they're really earnestly teaching Nehemiah on how to do the IT work or how to do the microphone system. They're not going, oh, Nehemiah, you're only, you know, eight years old. You're just a young boy. Yeah, you're just, yeah, come away. 
They're not saying, you know, you can't do anything, you know, go sit back down, you know what I'm saying, you leave this with the big boys, you know. They're actually, um, you know, they're teaching Nehemiah, and I see, I see them, they're giving Nehemiah proper instructions, you know, raise, I don't know if it's correct, but you know, he's saying, uh, raise the number six slider, if it's Pastor Adrian speaking, or raise this one. When it's Sakaria speaking, this chord goes into this specific socket, and you know, even though Maya is still a young lad, he's a young little boy, Matthew and Timothy, they're still treating him like an equal. Um, and I don't know if another thing, I don't know if you guys have seen, but when it's backup time, um, he's also carrying those these big heavy speakers and it's like twice the size of him. You see that, you can have a lot of it. Yeah, so you know, we see Nehemiah just you know, he's a young boy, he's a young lad, but he's still doing his best. So yeah, so I'm sure you guys understand what I'm saying here. So no matter who you are or how old you are, as long as you're giving our all to uh, bringing our all to Jesus Christ and God, He can multiply. Um, now you might be thinking, okay, um, um, you know, God can use me. What can I have or what can I give then to God so that He may use me? that he may use whatever I have. Um, what can I give him that he can use? And honestly, um, for an answer, you can give, you know, uh, whatever. I remember having, uh, hearing a preaching, I'm sure some of the youth remember, from um, Pastor Dan Fraser in um, one of the uh, youth Zoom calls. And I even myself, I just, um, I preached on that topic as well based on his preaching, and it was his topic of, um, Gifts, and I remember that um, message being a big uh, blessing to me at the time. And I'll just give a small recap of what he said so you guys can be refreshed. Um, but yeah, he said, uh, I remember he was saying that everyone here, no matter who you are, everyone here has a gift, a gift. And gifts are, um, gifts are anything that can be used to glorify our God, anything that can be useful to God. And I, I want to recap that message's uh, main points. So, um, the first one was, you know, we all have different gifts. So myself, you, the person sitting next to you, you know, we all have different um, gifts. Or maybe you might have the same one, uh, that same gift, but I don't know. But everyone here, you know, we have different gifts and different strengths, and God can use that. There's people here in the church um, that cook well. They bring their food to the church, and the people here are satiated, and people here are, you know, satisfied. Um, amen. And my, uh, myself, I help with a lot of the IT side of things, sharing the slides, uh, the Bible. Kui Andre has that gift of music. He's playing the piano a lot. He's our choir director and everything. So, um, actually, not, not even just Kui Andre, but a lot of you have that um, gift of music. A lot of you guys have a Good voice, please come join our choir. Um, shameless plug, especially for the men. There's a lot of you guys with good voices, and I want you guys to come. But, uh, right, uh, amen. Amen, Jabal. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, there's a bunch of different gifts that you can think of. There's that gift of remember uh, hearing compassion or um, encouragement. Uh, a lot of people here, you know, you guys are very uh, naturally friendly, or you guys are extroverted, and you guys can help with, you know, those, those new people that walk through that door, and the new visitors that come, and just giving help to those that need it. So, uh, yeah, so like that little boy, that little lad, um, you might not know it yet, but you do have something um, that you can give to God, and it's really whether or not you decide to actually give it to God, and for Another point there was, you know, you might have a similar gift um, with somebody, but there are different amounts of that particular gift that you may have, and, um, sorry. Yeah, so you have a different amount of that gift that you have in a different area to be able to uh, use that gift. And regarding the different amounts, um, I want to use uh, myself and Kuyandra here regarding music. Uh, I'm very average when it comes to the piano. <laughs> I pretty much only play three, four keys maximum. Uh, sight reading, very subpar. I can, can definitely be better. But 
if I compare that with Craig Andre, he just sight reads on the fly. He plays by he can play by ear. He can just um, take a small glance at just the key of the uh, um, song and then oh yeah, go ahead. Um, so there's that same gift. You know, we both um, play music or are part of the music industry, but his gift is a different size, or his gift is bigger than. My gift. So that's an example there. Um, finally, the last point was any different area to be able to apply that gift in. Um, you know, so uh, you have a gift, a certain amount of the gift, whether it's big or small, and now you have a set area to be able to use that particular gift in. Um, of course, if you have that gift of music and you can sing well, you will be you can be placed in the choir. If you are good at you have that gift of teaching and you're naturally compassionate. Younger ones, you can replace with the young people's in the young people's area, Sunday school, etc. So, if you're good at cooking, gift of cooking, you're in the kitchen. You know, there's a lot of things that um, you may um, have, and you just need to be able to uh, offer that to and give that to um, our God. You can use it anytime and anywhere, and He will multiply. And another side point, I remember just hearing about this. Um, just, yes, you can give the gifts, whatever you may have. But uh, another thing that goes, I guess, underneath our radar is just simply to just um, give your time. Or, and if I just ask, or, you know, if you just ask yourself, you know, how much time am I truly giving to God? Not on a Sunday, because of course we're here in church, or not on a Wednesday, because we have a service, but just your average weekday if you're not going to church, you know, how much time am I actually giving to him or how much time is being used to benefit him? And I remember I talked um, many months ago now about a preaching, I preached on a talk about regarding time. And I, I remember saying a bunch of statistics, uh, uh, lifespan of an average man, I believe it was like 81, 81 years. And you know, um, spending, I remember the average, this is, these are just the average statistics of any person. So average life expectancy is 81 years. You spend about, I think it was 33 years, so that's already like more than a third of your life gone into sleeping. Um, if I could just go to here. Uh, work in school, that's already 15 years of your life. Um, you know, screen time, especially in this day and age, um, that um, it's around 12 years of your life. And that definitely, definitely gets higher. Eating, that's five years, I think it was six years or something, that you spend in your life eating. And um, there's a bunch more statistics, but I don't want to um, go through all of them. But just ending here, there's uh, 81 years of the average life expectancy. Take away your sleep, take away your eating time, take away your sleep time, your time going to work or to in studying in school, and you are finally left with eight years and two months spending other things and that eight years does not yet include how much time we are spending for God. So that's just uh, I guess a small reminder and another food for thought to you know to ask your or to ask and remind yourself oh how much time am I spending with God? I know I can definitely use a lot more time with him. And I was talking to this um, this older person to me and I remember it was a long time ago now. But um, regarding giving time to God and um, he um, like how he asked me how much time are you like spending with God and um, you know I remember him saying you know uh, there's no excuse saying that you have no time um, because truthfully we are um, in God's time we're using his time and we are his, wasting his time uh, being stagnant and I remember uh, I felt like pretty guilty about that I guess and then he, he gave some I guess some pointers or some um, some lifestyle changes that he, uh, I guess he incorporated into his daily life. So what he changed um, to make sure that he has forgot and I remember it stuck with me. And he told me that um, um, when in his commute, so in his driving commute, um, he would uh, pray to God. Um, and I'm sure you guys can do the same, uh, keep your eyes open around please, but just pray aloud and to you know pray to him in your if you're driving in your commute, I'm sure you can just be talking to yourself and 
especially those that are taking uh, public transportation that's much more easier. You're taking the bus, you're taking the train that's already 10, 20 minutes to yourself, just close your eyes and maybe you pray to him, you know, in the mornings. And also he, um, I, my brother does this actually, but um, the, the Bible apps on your phone might have um, like audio on it, I guess. So um, while you're uh, driving, you can, you know, maybe you're not reading the Bible, but you, you know, you're actually hearing it as well. So um, that's another change that he incorporated into um, his life. So that those, you know, there really is pretty much no excuse to, you know, um, not be spending as much time as we are regarding God. Yeah. So yeah, moving on. Um, now this uh, back to the young lad or the young little boy. Um, we saw that he was willing to give and keyword. He was willing to give all to Jesus Christ. And you know, there's probably no doubt and you know there's probably yeah, no, no doubt that probably that young little boy, that young little lad, he was definitely also hungry. You know, he was probably starving, you know, he was probably, probably um, listening to Jesus Christ and going with him. But even though he was Oh, super hungry, uh, and you know he was super. He was starving. Um, he still decided to give everything away, and he decided to um, be selfish. Um, somebody could have told him, or he even himself. He could have told himself, "Oh, you know, you can keep one bread and one fish, and then you can give the rest of it." Somebody could have um, said that, or you know, maybe. He could have said to himself, oh, one bread for me, one bread for you. One bread for me, one bread for you. One fish for me, one fish for Jesus Christ. You know, he could have easily have thought of these things. Um, but in the end, we read that the lad decided to give all away. He went all away for Jesus Christ. And, you know, because he chose to actually give all away, we find out, of course, that he did not really lose anything. Um, in the end, um, because he wound up being fed anyways, and you know, he probably ate more than uh, he would have had, more than the original uh, five loaves and two fishes. And um, yeah, so you know, our own gifts, uh, like I said before, your own gifts, maybe you don't know it yet, but just think of uh, pray and ask God, Lord, reveal to me what my gift is that I can use, reveal to me what I can uh, do for the church. And um, reveal to me my own talent, and uh, let me be able to multiply them and give it to you, that you may not use them. Now, moving on, the, after the disciples, um, after the disciples got the five loaves, after he got the two fishes, of course the Lord accepted um, the five loaves and two fishes, and he blessed them. So you know, he saw that the young lad was willing. He saw that the things he gave were. Um, um, the fish and the, the loaves, they were willingly given. So, of course, you know, Jesus Christ, he accepted it and he used it. You know, it didn't matter that it was a small amount of food, and, you know, but you know, it was still that young lad's all. And it's such the same thing with us. It does not matter how small our ability is. If we bring it to the Lord Jesus Christ, he can multiply it and he will accept it. Um, so, yeah. We read that after the after Jesus Christ received it, he um, blessed it and multiplied it. So he prayed. Jesus Christ prayed for the food, asked for the blessing of God. So he gave thanks to God, and um, we want to do um, the same here. Um, besides, I guess praying for food. I think if everyone here we have the habit of, um, or I guess it's a lifestyle to make sure to pray uh, before eating, unless sometimes you're just starving. But um, yeah, um, that's definitely something that that's already um, instinct for us. But uh, and on other things and other aspects of our lives, um, I guess um, thanking the Lord and asking for His blessing um, with the other aspects of our lives, and I guess that goes over a lot. That can get um, often forgotten, and I know I'm definitely uh, guilty of this. But you know, you might. Pray, 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 pray hard for one something, and then when God gives it to you, and when God answers that prayer, oh yes, you 
might celebrate. Um, yes, I passed this exam. Yes, I got this new car, this new house, etc. I achieved my goal, thanks to God. You know, you might celebrate, and that's, that's completely fine. But then we, afterwards, sometimes we forget to thank God that He was the one that gave it to us. Um, we forget that it was actually God that um, yep. was the one that answered our prayer, and we forget to thank Him. Uh, you know, if you think about it like this, if you imagine a little boy, imagine Nehemiah asking Pastor Adrian, his father, for something, you know, Dad, can I have this toy? Dad, can I have this thing? Or, you know, or with us, you know, Lord, can I have this thing? Can you grant me this? Can you give me this position in my work? Uh, can you give me this? And then when you receive that thing, when you receive that thing you are praying for, we just take it and then leave. You know, we forget to, um, we forget to thank Him. And, you know, when we don't thank Him, and we're just like, okay, that's how we're acting when we forget to uh, thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you know, and of course, you know, when we don't give thanks and then we don't ask for God's blessing and then just leave, of course, then I would feel bad for God, right? I would make us be ungrateful to Him. Um, and then, you know, when that next problem comes along once again, you know, uh, you know, after we left, we come run, running right back and the Lord help me with this. Give me listing, then we receive it again, and we forget to thank him again. And it's just a constant uh, cycle. It's just a constant cycle of receiving and then forgetting to give thanks and, um, and asking for his blessing. You know, we can ask, uh, we can um, ask for thanks for really anything. Um, this, you know, for a new day, or thank you for this simple food at my table, this shelter that I have that is above me. Uh, this work or a school that I attend. So, um, like Jesus, uh, his first um, thought when he received something was to thank the Lord, and I guess that's what we need to do as well to have a more thankful attitude. So, yep, the Lord, he gave thanks, and then he blessed the five loaves and two fishes. And same thing with us, you know, when we receive. A new thing, let's say you get a new asset, I don't know, you received a, a new car, and you know, we can, we can pray, you know, Lord, you know, when I can, help me to use this car, this thing that you gave me, to glorify you, you know, if there are visitors and me picking up, Lord, use me, use my car to pick up or to drop off visitors when they attend our church. Another example is um, my family, when we recently uh, bought our um, new house, we had a... Um, not just our family, of course. We had a dedication service. Um, I remember uh, we dedicated the house for the use of God that He may multiply it and that He can um, use our home. So you know, we wanted God to use our house for His own gain. And you know, as a, a lot of you guys know, um, a lot of church events, you know, um, or church services sometimes happen in the Abang's um, household. So choir practices. Prayer vigils, sometimes even the Wednesday or Sunday services, um, our family tends to host them. So, um, because we dedicated the house to God, you know, because we gave it to Him, you know, God used us in the house, and you know, He multiplied it to use for His own gain, and it may be used for Him. Um, nowadays, it's probably you know more common, especially in my the weekends, to have church visitors over. You know, there's more people coming. Um, it's become the family's norm, definitely. Um, in fact, it's probably weirder to not have people with me. <laughs> my brother just nodded, so you know, that's not permission from him. I'll sometimes, I know, I'll sometimes just ask my mom on any given random day. Um, I sometimes ask, you know, oh, mom, who's coming today? About 90-95% of the time, if you'll say that somebody is, someone's coming over. Choir's coming, uh, young pros are coming. And it could be the Cadillies, it could be the, the Levies are coming. And that's, I guess that's our norm, Tita Lori, the child. It's really become our norm, um, you know, to have people over. I'm not saying it's a bad but um, yeah, you know, maybe the you know, the one percent of the time when mom says no one is coming, that's when I get more surprised. But um, yeah, I believe that when. Um, I believe that because my family decided to 
have that dedication and service and to give to give it to God. Um, I believe you know that's probably the reason why we're having a bunch of visitors and we're hosting a lot. So yeah. Um, now moving on here, I now want to talk about the disciples here in the story. And you know, even though these disciples, you know, they are the closest to Jesus Christ Himself, um, even though they have witnessed firsthand with their own eyes and senses, they witnessed the miracles. They still, you know, they still um, fell short and made mistakes. And the reason why I wanted to talk about these disciples here is because you know we ourselves make the same mistakes that those disciples did. And now that first mistake that I want to talk about here is that disciples, they wanted to shift responsibility. As we were writing notes there, their first mistake was um, deciding, wanting to shift their responsibility. So if we, um, back in Matthew 14, 15, in the first verse that we have read, it says here, and when it was evening, um, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place and the time is now past. And I want you guys to focus on this part here. Send the multitude away they go into the villages and buy themselves good tools. So we, can, we read there that the disciples, they wanted to shift the responsibility away um, to um, you know, let them feed themselves. They didn't want to feed them because that seemed like the easiest way out of the, the problem or the, the difficulty that arose. You know, their thinking was, oh, let's let the people go to the villages. Let the people look after themselves. Let somebody else do it. Let someone else feed them, let them go to their McDonald's, the KFC, and let them buy their own food. Um, you know, they're probably thinking, oh, why should I take care of them? Why is it our responsibility for their food? So that's, you know, that might have been their thinking, and honestly, um, you know, I can get why they acted that way. You know, it's, it's a very, it's, it's an impossible task to feed the 5,000. Um, I recently started working part-time at a Mexican restaurant, and if I got told to make 5,000 burritos, <laughs> I'm leaving, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. So I don't blame the disciples for acting as Actually, there's more than 5,000. Uh, we didn't count the women and children, so it's probably more than that. So, yeah, continuing on, um, they were faced with this problem, this task, um, and they wanted to shift the responsibility away. But we see here that Jesus Christ, he said, Give you them to eat. Um, you, should, you should feed the multitude. You should give them food. Um, you know we can't make them leave without feeding them. And, um, that's what our church does as well. By God's grace, you know we're giving out food after our every service. Um, and if there is a service in which we don't serve food after, you're probably in the wrong church, or you're, you're probably not in on time out of the church. Um, but anyways, as those disciples, um, they wanted to. Uh, send the multitude away, or they wanted to shift the responsibility away. That's the same thing with us as well. We make that same mistake. Us ourselves, we Christians want to shift the responsibility to somebody else, and to you know, the thinking of uh, let that person do it, or I'll just stay in my lane and let the other person do it. And, uh, I'm definitely guilty of this as well. Um, there are things that. Um, we all we all have things that we know that we have to do, and we, we all know that we have to do. You know, we tell ourselves that in our voice in our head. We know that we have to do this certain thing, but then we think, uh, no, I'll, I'll back, I'll back off and let somebody else do it, or I'll let him do it, I'll let her do it instead of me. And um, definitely, my common example that I struggled with is this regarding the new visitors and the new people that walk in. Um, I'm not the most extroverted person. I'm definitely more on the more introverted side. And so dealing with those new people, dealing with uh, uh, and approaching people, it's not really my, my strongest uh, forte, I guess. Now, you know, yeah, it actually is. But when that new visitor comes in, and you know, that visitor looks around to be you know, my age, I know immediately in my head, uh, you know, I know that it's my responsibility, okay, I need to go up to him. I need, uh, it's my responsibility to go up to him to make friends and make him feel welcome in the, um, the church. And I'm sure a lot of people here are, um, you know, you guys were once visitors and you guys have stayed because of the friendliness that other people showed you. 
we guys might have felt welcome in the church, and that's why we decided to uh, stay here by God's grace. But anyways, um, yeah, in that story, you know, I, I tell myself, oh, I should talk to him, I should make uh, a new friend, I should introduce myself, and I know that it is my responsibility to go up to that new person and to make him feel uh, welcome. But then a few seconds later, uh, I'll tell myself, you know, all upon closer inspection, I look at his face more, oh, he looks a lot younger than me. Oh, he looks like he goes to high school. You know who else goes to high school? Levy goes to high school. Levy should be the only one to go up to. So that, you know, something that um, I definitely thought about a lot. Um, and, you know, I hope that um, other people should do it. Um, so, yeah, so what, what did I do in that situation? Um, I was, you know, I knew it was my responsibility. And just because I saw that the person was younger, I gave it to Levy. And, uh, you know, we sometimes not argue, but <laughs> But um, I sometimes think that, you know, so um, I had that responsibility. Now, what did I do? I knew I had a responsibility, but I passed that responsibility away, or I shifted that responsibility away, as those disciples did. Um, you know, I knew that I should have talked to that person. I know that I should have made friends. But yeah, and that's just one uh, common example there. Um, just, yeah. But I know definitely there are many examples that we can think of. And you know, everyone here deep down, um, we know that the people around us, or like the friends around us, or workmates around us, um, they, they, we know that, we know deep down that they help, they need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, but, you know, uh, we tell ourselves, oh, let somebody else do it, oh, I'll do it in the future, etc. And, you know, I'm like, no, let me go to this. And, yeah, um, but, yeah, just as those disciples wanting to shift the responsibility, sometimes we make that same mistake. You know, we, we all know what our responsibilities are, we need to uh, fall through with our responsibilities and not try to give it away and not um, pass it along. So uh, next year, um, the, another one of the disciples' mistakes was, of course, their their unbelief. I guess um, I said um, before um, um, in the readings that we read, the five loaves. But what are they among so many? Um, they thought that you know, the loaves were too small to be of any use. But that's because they didn't take Christ's power into account. They forgot about Jesus Christ. They forgot that Jesus Christ was with them and was uh, next to them. So, um, you know, they, these disciples, they witnessed the miracles, they witnessed the healings and the teachings, and yet even they, they still forgot. They, um, even themselves, they didn't take Christ's power into account. And that's the same with us, I'm sure. Um, there's definitely a lot of moments and a lot of memories in which uh, God has helped you the past, or he answered our prayer. In the past, he heard our calling to him, but you know, when that new thing comes along, the new problem, the new insurmountable welcome, all of those things in the past gets immediately forgotten. And then, once again, we panic, and then, you know, we try and do everything ourselves, and I know I'm definitely guilty of this. I'm, I can recall many a times when God has helped me in the past, when he's answered my prayers, but as soon as that new problem comes along, you know, those things in the past just uh, blank. And, um, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I panic and, you know, I forget about the past. And sometimes, uh, even just recently, um, I was just, I was kind of nervous about preaching, as, you know, I'm sure all the preachers would uh, relate to that. But, you know, I, I just, you know, I catch, I catch myself, you know, oh, yeah, I have this new thing, I have this new problem. You know, why am I getting stressed about it when he's already helped me in the past with the same exact problem? So, you know, um, the disciples, they saw the, the healings, teachings in the past, the miracles, but I think they still um, doubted or they forgot about um, Jesus Christ in their present moment. And, yeah. So, yeah, sometimes I catch myself, you know, when I'm overly stressed about a situation. Oh, why am I, you know, I'm stressed about this when I know that God is with me. 
why am I, you know, making such a big deal out of this problem that I have? Um, and that's because I forgot. Uh, sometimes I forget that, you know, God is with me. And I'm sure you guys can uh, relate to me. Uh, and, you know, you, you know, you can tell yourself, you know, when you face it, I don't know what's there to be anxious about when we have already witnessed God dealing in our life and Him already helping us. So, yeah. And, and to conclude now, I'm not a very long message. So, in the end there, um, verse, and the last verse is there. Um, the disciples, they, they gathered the fragments that were made so that nothing were to be lost, so that there would be no waste. And now if I ask you right now, you know, if you were to go home and, you know, to ask, uh, you know, what are the fragments that you can pick up and to put into your basket? You know, what can you use? What are the things that you have in your house? And whatever you may own, whatever um, is your talent, whatever you can use in your personality, what can I, you know, what can I get? out of that, what fragments can I get out of that and put into my basket and then I can use it for God's ministry. And um, so if, if you ask that to yourself right now, what are the fragments in your basket? So gather up your fragments of time. Um, I know I definitely have a lot more time now. My uni is over. So I have a lot more time that I can use. You maybe fragments of money. Um, you can use your money to help glorify the God. And there's a lot of fragments of you know opportunities that come along our way that we just don't seize to take it um, regarding the different you know workplaces the different people that we meet there's many of opportunities that we take and we need to pick up and to go into our, our basket you know because you know one day in the end you know when you face them you know we must uh, render an account to you know show to the Lord so that's all I have today but I'll just um, um, give a small recap so we learned about the the young lad, you know, he was a small, insignificant young little boy, and even though he was insignificant, he was used to be able to um, glorify God and to um, have the five loaves and two fishes multiplied. And like yourself, you might think that you are insignificant if you think that you know you're not too useful. If God can use a young little boy, then I'm sure He can use you in whatever different fields that you have. And um, Next one here was that the disciples thought that the five loaves, two fishes were inadequate or insufficient for um, the purpose, and so you know they they got you know really discouraged quickly, you know, and you know um, if the boy had heard that, of course he would have been sad. But um, these disciples they got discouraged too quickly, and I'm sure um, all of us can relate to that or have been in situations uh, like that. So. Um, you might think that you, um, sorry. you get too discouraged thinking, you know, oh, how can I be of any use to God? I don't even have this small thing. I'm just an average person. I don't have anything. But, you know, um, we need to not be like those disciples, to not get discouraged, and to just give all to Him, and then He can multiply. And the lad here, he was willing to part with them all. So he wanted to give all he owned to God, um, even if it were to be um, disadvantage of him, even though he was probably hungry, even though he um, had a better situation to just keep the food, he still decided to um, give his all. So, um, yeah, we need to give everything to him, bring our own, um, bring our all, um, bring your own loaves, bring your own fishes to him, whatever they and of course, when you give everything to God, the Lord accepts and He blesses them. Remember, let's remember to um, you know give thanks to the Lord um, immediately when we receive something that He gives to us. Lord, thank you for this. It can be anything. Thank you for this new day. Thank you for the food that I am about to eat. Thank you for this shelter that is above my head, this safe home that I had to work. We can really think of about um, any anything that we can think of. And um, yeah, the Lord also blessed by those two fishes. You can relate that with anything new that you may own, any new um, thing that you may own. Like I said before, the house dedication, our family brought that house to um, God, that He may use it for the church, and by God's grace, He's been able to use us and to use them. And 
talk about the disciples and the certain mistakes that they made. And the first one was um, the disciples wanted to shift the responsibility away from them. And they did that by deciding to shift uh, up to send, they wanted to send the multitude away. And that's their way of shifting responsibility. Just like us, um, it's really easy for us to, um, or it's really easy for the flesh to want us to shift the responsibility away, to have a, um, let the other person do it thinking. And yeah, we need to, we, we all know what our responsibilities are and we need to actually follow through and follow through with it. And um, lastly, there was the unbelief of the, um, of the disciples. You know, even though they were, they, where they witnessed the firsthand of the miracles, the teachings, the healings, they witnessed that with their eyes and their senses, they still failed to um, um, believe on um, the Lord Jesus Christ and they forgot themselves that um, Christ was with them and that's the same with us. Um, there are a lot of reoccurring problems that um, happen in our life and he's already helped, helped with that in the past. What makes you think he can do it today? So, so those are just, um, and finally, like I said, the, the fragments um, that remain. So let's gather up whatever fragments that you have right now, maybe the things that you own in your house, the assets that you have, the time that you have. Gather up all those things and, you know, fill up your um, basket that you may um, be able to glorify God with those things. And yeah, that's all I have for today. It's just a more simpler um, message. Using the story of the 5,000, and I hope you all are blessed. But now let's all bow our heads and let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this night that you've given us and this message that we have heard. Lord, help us to learn more about this and to keep these teachings in our mind, Lord. And I pray as we go on our way home, I pray that you help us, Lord, to gather up our own fragments, Lord, and to give our all to you, Lord, and then you can multiply us and multiply. Please help us give us wisdom, Lord, and help us, Lord, to spend more time with you, Lord, and to overall uh, do the work for you, Lord. I pray that you be with us all, and I pray for this new week that is coming, Lord. I pray that you protect us, give us your wisdom, Lord, and keep us away from any temptations, Lord, and help us together uh, next Wednesday, next Sunday, Lord, whenever they may be, Lord. Please uh, be with us, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Right.